How can we as healthcare practitioners move from just providing disease management to providing true healthcare? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast that helps you grow your practice and expand your skills as a practitioner. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for wellness-minded professionals and people who are passionate about transforming our broken healthcare system into a true system. So I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo, and I believe that all diseases or most diseases can be prevented or reversed, and I'm dedicated to empowering millions of people to go from disease and dysfunction into living the healthiest life possible. Today, I'm going to talk about a combination of topics that I'm very passionate about, and it's a combination of functional blood testing and genetics. And these are really great ways to get a handle on what's going on with your patient, what's going on, what risk factors are they dealing with. So blood testing is basically, you know, you draw the blood from people's veins, and then you test a variety of different parameters. What most doctors are taught in medical school to test is just a minuscule amount compared to what they could be testing and compared to what will give them a good functional picture of how this person is faring and what things are in balance and out of balance. Typically in medicine, we go to the doctor on an annual basis and they're going to test the CBC and they're going to test the comprehensive chemistry panel and they may do some thyroid testing, and they might do some blood sugar testing, but there's limits to what they do. So for example, in blood sugar testing, most of the time, they're just gonna be testing the fasting blood sugar. Well, fasting blood sugar gives us this kind of look into the blood sugar picture, as opposed to the fuller, broader spectrum. And in functional medicine, we're looking at doing fasting glucose, but also, the hemoglobin A1C, which gives us kind of an average over the last few months of what the blood sugar has been. It's really how glycosylated or sugar-coated are the red blood cells. And then insulin. Most doctors will say when I recommend people go and get ask their doctors to run certain tests, they say, well, you're not diabetic yet. Why should I run insulin? And the key word there is yet. The keyword there is yet, why do we want to wait until somebody has a disease diagnosis before we help them to get tested to see if they're at risk of that diagnosis? I think that's where some of medicine is falling on its face. In addition, when Western medicine uh, approaches thyroid, somebody comes in with constipation and depression and dry skin and cold extremities and high cholesterol and fatigue and weight that won't go away. That sounds like a thyroid problem. So they test the TSH. If the TSH is not outside the average range, the normal range, then they say you don't have a thyroid problem and they try to treat each of those individual syndromes. But what we're looking at is we need a complete thyroid panel. We need to be looking at the TSH, sure, but then we wanna know how much thyroid is being produced, so total T4. We wanna be looking at how much thyroid hormone is reaching the cells, so free T3. And then we wanna look at things like the antibodies, antithyroglobulin and thyroid peroxidase. Yeah, you can also do reverse T3 and you can do a total T3 and you can do free T4. And free T4 is an important one, I think. 
But those are the ones that are bare minimum that I think, because we want to see what's the thyroid producing, what's getting into the cells. I do like to look at the free T4 and we can look directly at free T4 and free T3. So we have another whole episode on thyroid testing and the markers that you should be looking at there. So thyroid, uh, we want to be looking at uh, the lipid panel and the lipid panel is typically cholesterol, uh, LDL, HDL, LDL is calculated, not measured, uh, HDL, and then triglycerides. That's the typical lipid panel. I have seen perfectly normal lipid panels. And then we did what's called an advanced lipid panel, where we're looking at particle sizes and lipoprotein little a and ApoB. And we're finding that there's some risk factors, even when the cholesterol is perfectly normal, even when the LDLs look perfectly normal, even when the triglyceride HDL ratio is normal, which is a good indication of blood sugar problems. If it's not, then I've seen them show up with like an elevated lipoprotein little a. We had a whole episode on lipoprotein little a. And like that's an independent risk factor. And if we're not testing for it, especially in people who have family history of problems with heart disease, like in my family, or they have had previous heart attack, stroke, or other kinds of cardiovascular conditions, or they have genetic factors that predispose them. So for example, LPA, lipoprotein little a, there's a very strong genetic determinant there. And in people who have the LPA SNP, even if it's heterozygous, meaning only one parent gave it to them, if especially if it's homozygous, both parents gave it to them, they're at much higher risk of heart disease and the LPA in the blood is going to be much higher. So when we're looking at what blood tests to do, it's really a good idea to look at the genetics. Look at the SNPs that are related to blood sugar. Look at the SNPs that are related to cardiovascular. Look at the SNPs that are related to thyroid dysfunction and look at the labs. And the SNPs can inform you of which labs to run. Like, oh, this person has this risk factor. Let's look to see what of this is actually manifesting in the blood test. The other thing that's typical in your routine blood is the CBC. But I'm seeing a lot of doctors are not running a full CBC. They're not running it with differential, which means that tells us the percentage of neutrophils, lymphocytes, basophils, eosinophils, and monocytes. And that's an important thing to know to see how is that immune system functioning. The other thing that I see overlooked a lot that I think is really important in blood testing is homocysteine. Homocysteine is, uh, gives us an idea of what the status of B6, B12, and folate is, and it's related to methylation. And so when people have genetic markers like the MTHFR, like the MTRR, like specific ones in the glutathione pathway, then these are really important things to look at in terms of, of their blood tests. So homocysteine is often overlooked. It's an independent risk factor for problems in the brain, problems with uh, the heart and inflammatory. So we want to be careful when we're looking at the test to make sure that they're running a full test. If they, your patient or client comes in with a set of tests, you're going to look at that and see, is there something in there that looks like a risk factor? Is there something in their history that makes you think that you need further testing? Or is there something in their genes that make you think they need further testing? And then you do more of those 
tests. So we've done several podcast episodes. I highly recommend you go back and listen to them on genetics. We have one on the genetics of blood sugar balance. We have one on lab testing for thyroid. All of these things are in the podcast archives. So go back and fill in the gaps if this is interesting to you. We want to look at other things that are not necessarily marked on the specific lab test. We want to look at iron and ferritin. Some doctors run just iron. Some doctors run just ferritin. Some of them aren't running any of them. And fatigue due to anemia is a common problem. And a lot of times they're diagnosing it and putting people on iron supplements just by looking at the fact that they're fatigued. And that can be quite dangerous because excess iron, even before it becomes full-blown diagnosable hemochromatosis, is damaging and dangerous. So we have to really watch for this. And it's a common problem. So if you look at the iron and it's low, and then you look at the ferritin and the ferritin is not low, in fact, it might be on the high side, then it's not a good idea to supplement with iron because you can increase the levels of ferritin even more. So I would recommend that we look at the full iron panel before we start supplementing anybody with iron, especially postmenopausal women and men, right? Premenopausal women, you might be able to get away with it because they're losing blood every month and their iron levels may be going down. But it's really negligent, I believe, to be testing one or the other and not the both. What do we do? What should you be doing out there? I believe that you should be doing a comprehensive health history. I mean, really comprehensive, asking those kind of questions that most people aren't asking, asking about floods in the basement, asking about exposures, asking about childhood traumas, finding out when the last time they actually felt well was. There's a lot of things that are not happening. You need to be taking a really close look at asking the right questions. And then once you do, you can determine what, if any, lab tests they need. They may already have a lab test that's comprehensive enough. Maybe they don't. So determining that, and then you need to look at the labs. Look at the labs in conjunction with a family history. And we have some amazing charts where you can look at to get a full family history or a genetic test or both. I actually like to do both. The genetic testing plus the family history it gives me a more comprehensive approach gives me some information that I can use to motivate and inspire people to make changes. So if I'm dealing with somebody who's like a heart attack waiting to happen, and they also have the genetic factors related to cardiovascular disease, like ApoE4 or LPA or any number of others, or hypertension like NOS, nitric oxide synthase, or ACE or some of the others, we want to make sure that we're chatting with these people very seriously, not from a fear-mongering standpoint, but look, this is important and you need to address it and here's how to address it and here's how I can help you address it. So genetics and blood sugar, super important. They go hand in hand. The genetics can inform which blood tests we want to be doing. The blood test results can often inform and have you understand what some of the genetic markers just might be. We have the power to change people's lives. We have the ability in our hands to help people make choices day by day by day by day that help them to stay safe, to avoid risk factors, to avoid being the same as everybody else in their family with all these risk factors, and to lead a healthy, vibrant life, bring joy to themselves, bring joy to the family and their friends, 
and really bring joy to the world, right? So really take this seriously, take your role seriously, get out there and serve more people and join us in the mission to reinvent healthcare. And then go out and check us out on inemethod.com and all these, the link will be in the show notes, but go there and check us out because we have resources and strategies and a community that's dedicated to helping us all to reinvent the healthcare system. So do your thing, shine your light, help more people. And until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to Reinvent Healthcare. We are part of the movement to change healthcare for the better. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. And for more resources to support you in growing a thriving and fulfilling practice, visit our website at inemethod.com.